I'm Eduardo Medina, Editor-in-Chief of the Auburn Plainsman. Today, I'm speaking with campus reporter Collins Keith about his front-page story on why the university's med clinic doesn't accept Medicaid. He'll tell us why the university can't afford to accept that type of coverage and how some students are potentially being affected. That's all coming up. We'll be right back with Collins Keith. Hey, this is Jack West, Managing Editor of the Auburn Plainsman. I just want to remind everyone that if you'd like to support Sweet 1111 and the newsroom that creates it, you can log on to theplainsman.com and click on the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 125 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here in Auburn. Once again, that's theplainsman.com and click on the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show. Colin Skeeth, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How Your are first you? time on the podcast, right? It is. Sweet. My first time. Do you want to talk about how you even arrived at the story in the first place? I mean, obviously, Medicaid and healthcare is like in the news a lot right now, especially issue. with mm-hmm. the presidential election. How did you come to this story? Well, I worked on a smaller version on it uh, of it initially. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it was pitched by one of the editors. On yeah, staff. I think it was Evan Melins, right? Yep. Our community editor. And so I interviewed. This girl named Kardasha Burns, and she talked about why and how she was refused coverage at the med clinic. Um, She's on Medicaid um, and went, and back where she lives, she's never had a problem with getting coverage, but at the med clinic for some reason. And she's in Chelsea, um, right? That's where she's from? Yes, for the last five years. Or from Montevallo. From Montevallo, but she's been in Chelsea for the last five years. Right. Um, So that's kind of where she noticed the problem. And then coming to the med clinic, she found out that they don't accept Medicaid. And she didn't know why. Um, the staff didn't tell her why. She kind of filled it on a kiosk. And um, it said, you know, we don't accept Medicaid. Come to the front desk. She went to the front desk. The front desk said, we don't accept it, but didn't tell her why. And she had to pay out of pocket. Something that I struggle with when reading about these types of stories like that deal with healthcare mm-hmm. is the actual names themselves, like Medicaid, Medicare. I get confused with that. Can you talk about what Medicaid is and what is required to be qualified to receive Medicaid? Mm-hmm. Medicaid is for those advantaged. Medicare is for the elderly. Okay. Um, so Medicaid is primarily, so each state is a little different. Um, generally, it's for low-income families, disabled families, pregnant women, and foster children. Right. So those are the kind of the main groups that fall underneath it. Um, so if you are a child of a low-income family, then you are you get Medicaid as being a child from the family. Right. You get like grandfathered. Yeah, grandfathered, yeah. Yeah. And then, so different states have different cutoffs, but Alabama's is 19. So once you turn 19, then you are out of that coverage from your parents. Right. So um, Cardage is 18, and that's why she's still on Medicaid. Right, and she's a freshman. She's a freshman, political science here at Auburn. Right. I think your first draft of story was like her story, her perspective. Just her perspective. So what made you want to expand from there and talk to people from Medicaid and and talk to the director of the med clinic? A couple of reasons. Um, I ran it by my parents, (laughs) and uh, my dad who used to be a journalism major and has worked for many papers and my mom as well. Um, both said, you know, you, I kind of attributed some things to the med clinic without letting them have a say yeah. in what I was attributing to them, which I shouldn't have done. And they were right to correct me on that. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't have that other side of the story and it really felt yeah. one-sided in that it was kind of more of a feeling. It was kind of more emotionally yeah, charged. Like an intuition yeah. that they're cheating people. Exactly. Like and that's right. not, you know, that might not have been the case. And we found out that that wasn't exactly the case. Yeah. What is the case? Who did you speak to from the university or from the med clinic rather? And what did uh, he say? I spoke to Dr. Cam, who's the director. He's very, very nice. Got in contact with me immediately and set up a meeting with him. And he came out the gate saying that it was a business decision. 
um, which sounds harsh when you first hear that, but right. you have to take into account that at its core, the med clinic is a business and they have staff to pay and rent and, and the supplies they have to buy. And so what Dr. Cam said was that Medicaid essentially does not reimburse the med clinic enough for the services they do. Mm. So for example, if a student on Medicaid came and the med clinic accepted Medicaid, let's just say, right. um, let's say they wanted to get a tetanus shot. Um, it might cost the med clinic $50 for the tetanus shot. So 40 for the shot and then an extra 10 for the wages and then the, you know, the syringe and right. the galls and all that kind all of stuff, right? Stuff. Yeah. So 50 total and Medicaid would say, well, we'll give you 20 for it. So, you know, do the math, they're losing 30 bucks, right? Right. And, you know, it might not be 30 bucks every single time for every single situation, but as a whole, Medicaid does not reimburse enough mm. for what the med clinic has to do to give that service, right? right? And so every single time they're, you know, seeing someone who's on Medicaid, they are losing money. And if you keep doing that for long enough, that'll have impacts in, in your business, right? Right. They won't be able to stay afloat. They'd have to subsidize, not to subsidize their care, which is something they don't want to do. Right. So did he talk about other types of insurance that kind of fall into that? He did. So the example that he used to illustrate the poor reimbursement rate of Medicaid was TRICARE Prime, mm. which is a military-based insurance. And that was the example he gave with the tetanus shot, um, yeah. but used it to extrapolate kind of the effects that you one would see with Medicaid. on Medicaid. Yeah. Um, so it is not just Medicaid that has this lower reimbursement rate, but according to Dr. Cam, it's one of the worst, right. if not the worst. So Cardaja has Medicaid, right? She does. So, and the university can't accept it. What does Cardaja have to do at this point? It's tough. And speaking with Dr. Cam, he you know alluded to it too. There really isn't many options, and that's tough to say. Part of that is because the coverage that Medicare provides is for a specific group of people, pregnant women, children. Those are OBGYNs and pediatricians, right? Right. And so pediatricians and OBGYNs receive a higher reimbursement rate from Medicaid. Um, and so those are the most likely places you will find in, in Alabama, in the Auburn-Opelika area, that will accept Medicaid. And so Cardaja really, really needed urgent treatment, and she could not pay for it out of pocket. Then that's where she would look probably a pediatrician office. However, being a freshman and living on campus, getting to those places is sometimes difficult. Right. If you're really sick, um, it's a lot more convenient to walk up the hill to the med clinic than to, you know, find a way to get to an OBGYN office or a pediatrician's yeah, office. Yeah, right. That makes sense. And the other thing that Dr. Cam said about it was that it's hard to find these places. Mm. Um, the Alabama Medicaid Agency's link that they provide to help people like Cardaja find places to go is down, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of ironic and, and sad. And you emailed them, right? And, Asking. I, and I emailed them um, and asked why they were, why it was down. And they said it was a technical error, I, I believe, and right. didn't really give an explanation why. I mean, she's really in a, in a situation that she shouldn't have to be in. And so it sounds like it's a lose-lose situation, right? It is. There's really no winner. The med clinic, if they accept this Medicaid, uh, they'll lose money. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're not going to accept it. Not but what that it. means is people, students like Cardaja, mm -hmm. who live on campus, whose closest uh, med clinic is right here in the university mm -hmm. campus, they can't access it and get care, cost-effective care, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the med clinic that is specifically provided for them is one that they can't use. Right. Um, another one of the reasons why the med clinic is less likely to accept Medicare is because, Medicaid, excuse me, is because there are a lot of strings that come attached with 
the accepting of Medicaid. Right. One of those being if the med clinic was to sign up through the state as a official Medicaid provider, they would have to accept any and all people who have Medicaid. And that would mean they would have to then open their doors to people who live in Opelika who don't go to the Auburn University, and that's not mm. their main priority. Right. And another reason why the med clinic isn't accepting it is because the fraction of people on Medicaid at Auburn is very low. Right. And those people are typically going to be freshmen under 19. Yeah. And those who either come from low-income families or who are foster children. Um, and so yeah, that's another reason why they're not going to see many people like Kardasha. Right. And how unfortunate that is for her that she is not able to receive the benefits of the insurance she has. Um, it's, just, it's a business decision. Yeah. And that's something that we try to do, right, with this story. We You tried hard finding other students to mm-hmm. get just another narrative in the story. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we quickly found out that that was very difficult. Very difficult. I mean, I think the fact that we found Cardaja was... Uh, we found her first. And yeah. That, that, that's really what sparked the story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that kind of speaks to what the med clinic is saying, if you want to look at it like that. Yeah. That, you know, the fact that we couldn't find people who have Medicaid is, you know, back, backs up their point yeah. of why they don't accept it. But like you said, it's important to note that those that do, though, are in a very... Uh, could be in a very troubling situation. Yeah. Financially too, right? Definitely. You know, to, to close the narrative with Kardasha, what happened when she went to the clinic and when they told her, we don't accept Medicaid? Mm-hmm. So Kardasha was having chest pains um, and went to the clinic and had to pay out of pocket and found out that it was a condition called pleurisy, mm-hmm. which is just an inflammation of the tissue in your lungs. Right. Um, and she's had this condition for a while. It's, it's reoccurring, easily treated. Uh, I believe the cost of the visit was $81 for her and the medicine was 15. So a total Mm. of, you know, a little less than a hundred dollars. You know, one thing you can note about that price is that the cost of the visit was more than five times the price of the medication. Right. Um, and pleurisy is, is pretty easily treated. So one could expect a more serious illness or injury to cost a lot more. Right. Um, and so she was forced to pay out of pocket. And um, when I asked her, you know, how she felt about having to do that, you know, she wasn't angry. She wasn't upset, but she was, you know, she's putting it out of mind. Um, you know, being a student, she's got a lot of other things to worry about. And, yeah. you know, having that cloud over her head of not, you know, being able to reliably use the university's med clinic in the best way for her yeah, is troubling. And... And I think that last quote in your story kind of wraps that all up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me read it real quick. Sure. So this is the quote. At the time, I was a little upset about it. I'm not really upset about it now, Burns said. I just try not to worry about it. If I'm sick enough, I'll find somewhere else to go, I guess. So, Collins, when you spoke to uh, Kardasha mm-hmm. and she said this, did she sound as defeated as this quote comes off? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think she did. I thought... She was hesitant to do the interview in the first place. And, you know, after asking her a few questions, you know, opened up a little bit. And I think this is, I mean, really how she feels about it. It's a horrible situation to be in, to have insurance and not be able to use it, to be a university student and not be able to use the university's care that they provide. Right. Yeah, I, I, I chose to end the story with that quote because I think it really encapsulates the idea of the whole issue and and the feeling that she has just being maybe not defeated but but resigned to the situation that she's in right now yeah um well i i thought it was a perfect way to end the quote to end the story rather mm -hmm. and i think this story is one of the best stories i've read while i've been at the plainsman thank you so good job with it amazing job with it thank you and um 
I guess I'll see you here soon on the next podcast. I would hope so. Thanks, Collins. <laughs> Thank you, Eduardo. My thanks to Collins Keith for being with us today. You can find his story in our print edition around Auburn and online at theplainsman.com. Suite 1111 is part of the Plainsman Podcast Network in a co-production with Weagle Radio. Special thanks to Weagle News Director Grayson Moyer for producing and editing this episode. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it and let us know how we're doing by giving us a quick review. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.